Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. Note takers are thinking about where you want to go this morning with your phone out. I want to talk about this, this phrase, revive us, revive us. Come on, can you say that with me? Revive us. Uh, for the last several years, if you all that have been in the know and kind of, kind of been in the game uh, of serving the Lord and ear attuned to not just what God's doing locally, but maybe outside the local area, there's just really been a move and a stirring of, of this word about revival. Um, even just up in North County, up here in, or, or, you know, in, in Orange County, at Pirates Cove, a couple months ago, there was a couple of churches. Pastor Mark Francie was actually here, you know, several uh, 18 months ago or two years ago or so. He preached, and uh, at his church and another church, they baptized over 8,000 people up here in Pirates Cove. And come on, yeah, yeah we can clap about that, yeah. And, and so that's amazing. We see some things in, in the in the, uh, in the in the south. I think it was in Kentucky at a school where. Uh, kids just started, you know, seeking God and revival broke out. And people were coming from all over the world to, to, to try to get in on what God was doing. But l- let, me, let me encourage you. Um, you don't need to go very far for God to revive you. Come on. God, God can revive you right up here in an apartment in Vista. One week golf clap, but that's okay. Come on, everybody. Uh, listen, I don't believe that we need to be the people that go from place to place to place to place to look for a touch from God. Every day, you can make up your mind, I'm coming to you, and I know what happens. When I come to you, you're coming to me. And you can have and live in a continual state of being revived. Uh, j- just so you know, my definition and my working definition, what I see from the Word of God, is that revival is for God's people not for people who don't know God. So if you're in the room this morning and you're not a God follower or Christ follower yet, uh, Pastor Joe will give you an opportunity at the end of the service, and and I believe you'll experience a life change when you give your heart to God. Uh, But but the scripture's real clear that only a person that has been vived can be revived. Revival means you've already been vived once, and somehow you have slipped, or drifted, or grown cold, or distant, or lethargic, or sluggish, and you and I need to be revived. And listen, God's not keeping you at a distance, because if you say, God, I need you, again, he's going to come and meet you. If you're, if he tells you to get out of the boat like Peter, and you start sinking, what we find from that scripture is, Jesus reached down and got that brother back up. Come on, anytime you got a hand up to him, he's got a hand down to you. Can you say amen? So wherever you're at in the spectrum, if you have not, if you have not experienced the love of God, the compassion of God, the salvation of God, he's going to meet you today. But if you're like the person like we're singing this morning where your bones have become dry, and like Ezekiel said, hey, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And those bones started coming together in that valley of dry bones and breath and the voice of God was put into that body and it stood up a strong and a mighty army. God's got a plan for you today to leave here stronger than you came. Amen, everybody. 
Revival is for the people of God, but I see that an awakening is for people who don't know God because they're dead spiritually and their spirit needs to be awakened, needs to be reborn. The word revive on the screen there, you can see it. The definition just simply means to be refreshed. It means to be restored. It means to live again. And maybe that's your life right now. It's like, you know, this morning coming into the tent, the guys gave me a nice cold bottle of water because in the tent, and probably some of you are carrying some of that around, either some iced coffee, come on somebody, or some water. Why? Because your physical body needs to receive that continually. You can't go real long without water, right? It needs it physically. And you can't go very long without spiritual water. You need to be a self-drinker. You need to come to the Lord and drink of the Spirit, drink of the Word of God, and continually experiencing spiritually your life being revived and being restored and being made new every single day. Because if you go for any length of time outside or away from God's presence, I can tell you what's going to happen. The world and the culture and the system and the schematic of the world is going to come crashing into your life. And pretty soon, unbeknownst to you now and me now, the devil has got a plan to take me away from the people of God, the word of God, the will of God, the church of God. And I'll find myself, and you will too, outside looking in, thinking I can't get back in. But you can always get back in because God continually wants his people to experience revival. What we're going to do is we're going to look at the old, an Old Testament uh, book. It's only two chapters long. It's called Haggai. And that'll be the, 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 the setting where we want to go today. But we see this pattern continually in the Old Testament. And if you've read the Old Testament, you'll recognize it. Here was the pattern. The people of God say, yay, God, your greatest thing since peanut butter. We love you. We're going to serve you. You routed my enemies. You, you, you gave our, our fields to be fruitful. You gave us rain, and we're going to worship you. Then all of a sudden, when it's so good, they leave God. And they make idols for themselves, and they start doing other things, and they're busy with their time, and they're not serving God. And then the enemy comes in. The, 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 you know, pillages the land and things start going terrible. And then they cry out to God again. That's the study of, of the book of Judges. And God sends a judge and says, you've left God. Turn your hearts back to God. They turn back to God. And God is so gracious, so compassionate, and so merciful. He meets them there every time, revives them, blesses them, restores them, renews them. But then a little while later, they leave God again. And this is the, this is the scenario in the nation of Israel, continually when you read the Old Testament. God's got something better for you and me. He does not want this to happen in your or my life. I am a proponent of if you've been revived, stay revived. Stay, live revived. And we're going to tell you how you can do it. Background of the story, this morning I mentioned ago, a minute ago, we're going to look at the book of Haggai, a couple of scriptures there. And historically, that's at the same time with the book of Ezra and the book of Nehemiah for some of you Bible folk. The background was when the nation of Israel is coming back to Jerusalem. Again, if you know some of the Bible, some of the scenario is that they had been taken captive for 70 years in Babylon. 
Listen, 70 years away from Jerusalem, 70 years away from Israel, 70 years away from the homeland with the people, you know, everybody that was there, uh, it, was, it, was, it was awful what happened. People died while they were away. All kinds of crazy stuff happened. The, the, the city got broken down. Ezra, Nehemiah, went, were going back there to rebuild the city uh, of Jerusalem. The temple was completely destroyed. It was awful. When the people came back, it didn't look like the way it was. That's the background of what we're going to read. Solomon, when he was building the temple, he had 150,000 workers and 3,000 foremen when they were building, listen, the temple. That's a lot of workforce. And now when they come back 70 years later, only 50,000 total people came back. That is including children, elderly, and the women. So we don't exactly know how many people were actually working and how many people were actually serving and managing the building of the temple, but it didn't look like the way it looked before. King Solomon had an unlimited treasury. These folks had limited resources. It was just different. Everybody was demoralized. The work on the temple stopped. Even Zerubbabel, who was the governor in charge, the scripture tells us he was leading the project. He just quit working. The leader quit working. That would be like, you know, you, know, you leading a family, you leading a business, you leading the church, and just say, I'm just done, and walking away. God didn't want that to happen, but that's exactly what happened. This is the environment that God shows up with the prophet Haggai, if we're saying the brother's name right, and he gives them a word to speak to the people. Look on the screen. Here's the word. Chapter 1, verse 2. Why is everybody saying it's not the right time for rebuilding my temple? Asked the Lord. His reply to them is this. Is it then the right time for you to live in your luxurious homes while the temple lies in ruins? Look at the result. Look at what's going on right now, guys. You plant much but harvest little. You have scarcely enough to eat or drink, and you don't have enough clothes to keep warm. Your income disappears as though you were putting it into pockets filled with holes. Man, God just pins these guys' ears back, and he says, listen, we've got to build the temple because the temple in the Old Testament, you remember, the temple was where God's spirit was, was where the word of God was going to be preached, was where God gave directions, where the Ark of the Covenant was. It's where everything in the nation of Israel revolved around what went on in the temple. And by the way, let's bring that over into the New Testament. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So everything God's going to do in the earth, listen, in your life, thank God for church, and church is extremely important, but you've got to have church or the temple at home with you all the time because that's who you are. I got to open up the bread of life, not just when I come to church. I don't got to just let the children's teachers teach my kids when I come to church. I just don't got to get my praise on when these chicks and them, excuse me, these singers are up here, do, excuse me, these singers are up here doing their thing and the brothers, and they're just worshiping. That was a Freudian slip. Sorry, everybody. Uh, just doing their thing. Uh, I got to praise the Lord when I'm at home by myself. Come on, everybody. I got to know how to stir myself up. I, I see three things that happened with, with uh, uh, the nation of Israel, and it, it's happening today in our generation. So let's address them. Number one is that they became just disinterested. They just became disinterested. When they returned from the 70 years and they began rebuilding the temple, the people, the scripture tells us, they faced opposition from all their neighbors that lived in the land, and the pressure caused them to stop. Um, 
if you let the pressure of society move in your life, it will derail you from the purpose God has for your life. Pressure always will keep on until somebody does something about it. And you have the ability in Christ to say, I'm going to use my authority, enough's enough. I'm going to use God's authority in my life and tell myself to step up. I'm in a series of lessons at our church. I've been preaching it for weeks and not going to, I'm going to be preaching it for many more weeks called a man in Christ. A man or a woman in Christ knows who God is and knows who they are. That God's given you his authority, his will, his purpose, his love, his light, his life in you. And you've got the ability to resist the devil and tell him to flee. Can I tell you something? You've got the ability to tell your soul, as we sang this morning, soul, I'm going to magnify God, as Pastor Joe was encouraging us in the team. I'm going to worship God. I'm telling my soul, soul, you hope in God. Soul, you praise God. Soul, you believe God. Soul, you move forward in the purpose God has for your life. But if you don't keep becoming interested, you will become disinterested. Society will keep pressing in on you. So what we find out that went on then, and it's going on now. Look on the screen. The culture around them affected God's word to them. Even though God said, build the temple. Even though God said, I called you to come back to do what I've assigned you to do, they became more interested in what was going on around them. The words of culture affected them. And we're seeing it today. We've seen it since in the last three or four years. We're in the kids and then older people as well. Uh, they've just deconstructed their faith. They're, they're listening to what the professor's saying or what the YouTuber's saying or what the IG, you, you know, you know, TikToker dude is saying. And I'm listening to that more than I'm listening to what God's saying. And it's deconstructing what God wants constructed in my life. All love ain't love. <laughs> There's gender confusion that the scripture says there ain't no confusion. But in our society, if you lean in and listen to it, you will become disinterested in what God said is true. And so in this scenario with building the temple, these folks just started listening to what was going on in the culture. And we would say it right now uh, that, that, that their lives, their lives weren't getting any better. Their, their lives were actually getting worse. God comes on the scene and he says, listen, listen. It's not just about you building your family. It's not just about you living in a luxurious house. It's just not about you, you know, buying the three-day vacay up to Big Bear or wherever, going to Cabo. It's not just about you. It's about the temple. It's about the house of God. Let me just shout out to everybody. I'm a pastor. Listen, I've been married 39 years, four kids, five grandkids. I've been in ministry 38 years. Let me shout out to everybody in the room that's supporting the church, as Pastor Joe said, building the temple here, this outside physical temple called the church that y'all are going to be able to worship in and thousands of people will get born again up in here. Come on, thank you for building. Thank you for sacrificing. But on top of that, listen to me. You can have a stellar church with an LED wall. You can have splish splash day every Sunday and people can come. But if you ain't building your life, we ain't just serving popcorn up here. It's just not candy cane. Come on, somebody. We got to have something deep to talk to people, to speak to people, to get people free. Come on, everybody. That the work God wants you to enjoy, to do for him, starts with you. You not becoming disinterested. 
I know for me, whatever I start becoming interested in, it starts working in me. I'm a cyclist like Pastor Josh. He runs some, and then he cycles some, and, and, and uh, uh, we, we talk bicycles lots and stuff like that. And, and whenever I start thinking about a bicycle, I start looking for a bicycle. And I start looking for bicycle components. And then, come on, anybody ever done a search now? Come on, how many, y'all ever done a search on IG or on YouTube and all of a sudden the algorithm starts sending you stuff? Come on, how many know that's like demonic? Come on, somebody. I was, I don't know. I, and, and come on, how many know uh, Siri or, 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 or what? Alexa's listening all the time, you know? Like we were in the house and one of the grandkids, I've got, you know, grandkids that live local and then some in Las Vegas, and, and they, were, they were small and they were talking about ice cream, ice cream. And I started getting ice cream hits on my IG. And I'm going, I bind you, devil, in Jesus' name. I'm not interested in ice cream. But I am interested, you know what I'm saying? But I'm like, uh, I'm standing against it right now. <laughs> Listen, what we see from the scripture, and we see with these brothers and sisters then, and it's happening now, is that the love of the world became stronger than the love of God. Uh, the apostle John Come on, Jesus' beloved apostle, he says this, love not the world or the things that are in the world. For all that's in the world, all, all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away. There will always be a tendency for us to be more interested in what we see and smell and hear and desire. That's what happened with Eve. That's what happened with Adam. And so we, we know it's a weakness in ourself. My, my, my prayer for you and the church is that we will become more and more interested in the things of God. Stay revived and not swing back needing reviving. Just to say, I'm going to be interested. I, I just make up my mind, hey, you know what? I drink water every day. I'm going to read the word every day. Read the word every day. I'm going to read the word every day. I got a brother right now that's in, it's in downtown uh, uh, prison or the jail downtown just for some issues, and, and he's reading, he, he's, he's already read the Bible, you know, God kind of put him there to help him a little bit, and he's already been, he's already read the Bible three times, I mean, he's making the most of it, he said, I'm coming, I changed man, I ain't going back here no more, and I'm kind of going, well, praise the Lord, right, so, so, I, I, I listen, I don't want to go there, so I'm going to get interested right now, I, I don't want my marriage to go a train wreck, so I'm going to get interested right now. I, I, I don't want my kids to go off and whatever, so I'm going to start leading them right now. I'm going to be the dad right now. So I'm going to be interested. So I, I'm going to have to love the word. I'm going to have to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength and fulfill the purpose and the plan God's got for my life. Even Jesus says this, you know, in Mark chapter 4, that, that parable, the sower of the word. And Jesus said, these guys were sown among thorns. And he said, he said they, they hear the word, verse 18, and he said, the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, lusts of other things, enter in. What, what happens? Chokes the word. Look, look, they enter in. They enter in. And all of a sudden, my eyes become more interested in that than God and his word and his purpose for my life. Uh, I, I told you a moment ago, I cycle, and, and I think it was 2021. I had two crashes when I'm cycling. One of them was pretty bad. Or both of them pretty bad. I blacked out like 30 minutes. That was awful. Uh, broke three ribs. The next time I broke five ribs. And, and the reason I broke five ribs and I broke my AC joint over here was because 
I'm, you know, riding with two friends, very strong friends. Person in front of me, I'm in the middle, person behind me. And, and there's a sign in the road, the side of the road, the bike lane, y'all seen them? And, and there's a sign that just says, you know, uh, there was construction ahead. And so I'm trying to help my brother behind me, and I said, I just, tur I, I turned around. You, you know, just look back. I said, hey, watch out for the sign. And when I said, watch out for the sign, you know, where you look, you lean. And I tapped the wheel in front of me. That's all it took. Down, broke ribs, broke AC joint. What am I telling you? If I'd have just kept my eyes forward, quit <laughs> looking what's going on behind me. Just, Lord, everything you got for me is up here. I'm not going to look the way it was. I'm going to put my hand to the plow. I'm not going to look back. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to read the word. I'm going to pray every day, whether I feel like it or not, whether I got the band up here singing holy hallelujah or not. I want to get up with sleep in my eye, get up and, you know, not feel too good. One of those mornings that you need three cups of coffee. Can I get an Amen. But I'm going to read the word because I know your word is life to me. Come on, somebody, say amen. These brothers were just, sisters were just disinterested. You know, I, I got a choice. You got a choice to be interested or disinterested. Nobody can choose for you. I make up my mind. I'm going to be interested. Second thing that happened here is that they face discouragement. They face discouragement. Why? Listen, the older people who returned after seven years, they came back and they, they were remembering the temple before it all got tore down, before it all got jacked up. And so they come back, and it wasn't ornate anymore. It wasn't like it was before when Solomon built it with all of his unlimited funds. And so now it wasn't anything like it was in comparison. Stuff, how many of you know stuff just changes? I'm 63, and I've got folks around me talking about the good old days back in 1980. Come on, somebody. I was 20 in 1980, and 1980 wasn't that great. Come on, somebody. I'm just telling you, these are the best days of the rest of your life. Come on, everybody. Let's serve God now. Let's get interested in the things of God now. Let's not get discouraged with whatever's going on or not going on right now. So, so listen, just look on the screen. This helps me. Hope it helps you. You can't embrace the new thing God's doing if you're still hanging on to the old thing God did. You got to let it go. You got to say God did that then. But listen, pre-COVID ain't coming back. The way it was then. Maybe you had a banner year in 2019 as a business person. I'm not saying God's not going to take you further because I believe he can. But what that was, God's doing a new thing with a new people who will believe God and trust God and keep moving forward and not get discouraged. Living for the good old days will jack you up in these days. <laughs> Come on. How many of you know we all have selective memory? It was so good back then. It wasn't that good back then. You just don't remember. So the prophet Haggai tells him two things. Check it out. One for right now and one for the future. Here's what he tells him right now. Chapter 2, verse 4. He says, now Zerubbabel, he's, he's the governor. He says, you be strong. Hey, chief priest Joshua, brother, you go ahead and be strong. Hey, hey, everybody, everybody in the land, all you folk, y'all be strong, declares the Lord. Work, because I'm with you, declares the Lord of the armies of heaven. So he says, listen, just two things. Listen, no, this, is, this is not rocket science. This is just simply the word of the Lord. He says, listen, you're going through it. You need encouragement. He says, you're discouraged. And so he says, I got a word for you. Be strong. Hey, governor, you, you quit. Be strong. Hey, high priest, Joshua, you quit. You quit preaching. You quit believing me. You be strong. Hey, the rest of y'all, be strong. And don't just be strong. Get busy doing what I called you to do again. Work. Come on, work. Serve God. Pray. Give. 
Come on, do outreaches. Do whatever I've called you to do. Work. So he tells them that's immediate. Then he tells, says, here's for your future. I love the future. Chapter 2, verse 9, he says, The glory of the present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord. And in this place, I'm going to grant peace, declares the Lord God Almighty. He says, listen, I'm not done. I'm not done with your life. You look at this, and it wasn't like Solomon's temple, but I'm going to do something great right here in this temple. I'm going to do something amazing in your life right now in this season. You might not think that it can happen. You might have written yourself off. You might think you're too young or too old or too rich or too poor, or too black or too white or too Hispanic or too Asian or too whatever. You, God says, listen, I am going to do something amazing in your life. You can be encouraged. You be strong. Receive encouragement from me and get busy doing what I've called you to do. What I love, what I see from this, listen to me, is that what you build for God will be filled with God. Whatever you build for God, you build a temple for God, he says, I'll fill it. You build a marriage for me, I'll fill it. You build a family for me, I'll fill it. You build a job for me, I'll fill it. You build a ministry for me, I'll fill it. Whatever you build for God, God says, I'll fill it with my presence, I'll fill it with my word, I'll fill it with my glory, you can count on it. Listen, so be encouraged to start the building process again. If you have started and you have stopped, my prayer today is that come Monday morning, you'll start again rebuilding your life with Jesus Christ. By and through his word, in prayer, by his spirit, get in a small group, get with some men, get with some ladies, get with some teens, get with some young adults, because listen to me, we don't build anything by ourselves. We build with the body of Christ as well. Can you say amen? God bless you. They became disinterested. They grew dis discouraged. And just lastly, they just all of a sudden became dissatisfied, just dissatisfied. And the reason when you read the text why they became dissatisfied, listen, it's because it took longer than they expected to rebuild the temple. I, I'm a guy, listen, the, the, one of the weaknesses of me, maybe like some guys, some gals in the room, is when it comes to patience, it's kind of like, you know that prayer, Lord, I need patience and I need it now. Come on, somebody. Is that I don't like to wait. Everything takes too long for me. I think that, you know, things should happen quicker than they, have, than they, than they, they do. And so I, I see this scenario with the people, and I can, I, I can feel them. Because they had come back, and they started building the temple, and they stopped, and the people in the culture was messing with them, and they stopped and started, stopped and started. And when they began rebuilding, full-on rebuilding, after about three months, they're thinking this thing should be further along than it actually is. And Haggai, when you, when you look at the timeline from Nehemiah and Ezra and the book of Haggai, it was 16 years of inactivity. Six, listen, 16 years of inactivity. And they begin rebuilding for three months. And Haggai says, listen, guys, it's going to take longer than this. It's just going to take longer than this. Can I just say this? We, we have to be Christians. We have to be believers that are just committed to the long term. That, that, that our, life, our life is built, come on, stone upon stone, brick upon brick. 
understanding more and more the character of God, the nature of God, the plan of God, the will of God, that God doesn't take us from zero to 60 like a Tesla in 2.8 seconds. He doesn't do that. He, he just, sometimes it's slow grind. Sometimes it is fast like a rocket ship. But, but God's committed to the process with you. So when it comes to dissatisfaction, I don't want you to look at your life going, I'm never going to be there. I never can get there. I'm always, I'm always starting and stopping. I, I, I can't have a great marriage because whatever it is, no, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. But once you start, listen, just don't quit. And don't be dissatisfied with where you currently are. What we know naturally, <laughs> uh, cancer, like sin, spreads quickly. It just spreads quickly. Just like sin, it spreads quickly. Godliness takes time. You're building and rebuilding the character of God. You're renewing your mind. You're finding out who you are, who God is, who and how you fit in the kingdom of God. It just takes time. But you got to be committed to the process. God's after your life being founded on a firm foundation. And we know whenever any building's going on, again, I'm not a builder. I, I don't, I, I, I'm not. I, I love it when guys build how they do what they do. So in my mind, the building, the building in my mind is, is it's already built. And I'm the guy in, on the inside picking out carpet, paint, you know, all, all the finished stuff. But the builders don't think that way. Guess what they think? Raw land, Leveled, scraped, dirt brought in, services brought in, foundations laid, right? Electrical, water, sewer, all that stuff going on. Because I'm going to have a foundation. If I'm going to have a house, i got to have a strong foundation. And then it's going to be built slowly, slowly. And I can't be dissatisfied if I'm watching a house being built, if I'm watching a life being built. And so the, the writer of Hebrews says this in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11 and 12. We desire that each of you, check it out, look on the screen. We desire that each of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. Notice hope unto the end. Verse 12, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Two ingredients for you to inherit the promise God's got for your life, faith and patience, faith in God, faith in the word of God, faith in the plan of God, faith in the will of God for your life, and patience while God is working in you, and God is working through you, and God is working all around you, so you'll be at the right place at the right time, exactly on point with what God's got for your life. We desire that each of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope, confident expectation, until the end. God's not done with you. God's not through with you. If you become disinterested, if you're going through some discouragement, if you become just kind of dissatisfied because I thought I'd be further along. I mean, look at that guy. Look at that gal. And look at, look at that family. Look at that marriage. And how come I'm still dealing with this? Listen to me. I don't know why God does something with somebody and something different with somebody else, but it's always different. You've got to make up your mind. I'm going to experience a continual source of reviving with God. I'm going to stay with him. He's with me. I'm sticking with the word. The word is going to work. The, the word of God is working mightily in me as I believe it. He's not done with me. He's not through with me. He's not through with my family. Listen, I read this scripture to the first, uh, the first service. I'll, I'll read it to you in closing. 
I just prophesy the word of God over your life from Philippians chapter one, verse six. Being confident of this very thing, that he who began the good work in you will perform it or fulfill it, complete it until the very day of Jesus Christ. Listen to me. God is about and all about performing his word in your life. And he will bring an end to what he has begun. He's not done with your life. It'll be fulfilled when either he comes back or we rise to meet him in the air. But until that time, listen to me, be confident. Be confident that he that began, he will finish. If he wants you to be confident, it's because he is confident. He's confident in who Jesus is in you because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, because of the ascension of who, where Christ is right now, seated at the right hand of the Father God in heaven, ever living as a mediator to pray for us and believing as the blood of Jesus has made atonement for our sin, he sees you and I through the blood of Christ. He sees you holy and pure and blameless in his sight. So listen, see yourself that way. See yourself as cleansed. See yourself as whole. See yourself as holy to be a vessel to be used from God. Don't become disinterested. Don't become discouraged. Don't become dissatisfied. God is going to build your life by his word, by his spirit, and through his grace alone. Listen, you can hope again. You can believe again. You can have confidence again. You can trust God again. He is not done. Come on. All over the room. Come on. Come on. Let's clap our hands, all you people. Come on. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.